When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi friends, I want to take a very quick moment to ask a favor of you. We have an annual survey that helps us to better understand all of you. It only takes a few minutes and your feedback is so very appreciated. Link to the survey is in the show notes. Thanks guys. What's poppin' everybody? Hello and welcome to Popcorn Culture. My name is Ben Carlin and I am your host. Here with me today is my brother Jay, who will be in every episode. And you can't get rid of me. I really can't. That's, I'm, uh, I'm stuck. Otherwise, people, what they would get, I think, is a lot of how we ended last week's episode, which was just me making up history along the way. Do you know that whilst we were making up the secret pirate history of Abraham Lincoln yeah, and yeah, his... Yeah. Uh, definitely real treasure lost at sea somewhere, probably in Lake Michigan. Just guessing. Who's to say? I mean, who's I mean to say? no one, no one knows. No one knows where the lost treasure of Lincoln in Lake Michigan is. Um, but, but someone sent us on the Reddit, uh, this like very hilarious article about the history of piracy during the civil war. <laughs> Really? Yes. So apparently, like, the northern forces had a massive navy. Or, well, I don't know. I don't know what counts as a massive navy. They had a massive navy compared to the Confederate navy, which is to say they had, like, 75 boats, and the Confederates had zero. Whoa. So, like, none. No navy at all. So the Confederates like, we are at a significant disadvantage. We can't get through any waterways anywhere. We can't, like, you know, they were they were totally... Um, at their wits end as what to do. So these two guys came up with a plan where they were basically going to like basically hire, I, I guess what it amount, they were called privateers, but it amounts to like mercenary ships, basically. Okay. Basically, right. Right. uh, yep. AKA, uh, I think it, I think it was Lincoln who basically were just like, um, the privateers, AKA pirates, no go. <laughs> okay. So not, if you, if you engage in this, you in trouble, which of course, if you're at war, you're like, well, we don't even, uh, you know, respect the rules of your government. So we're going to do it anyway, but it's true. Yeah. 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 So, but as the story goes, and I, cause I was reading through it, it's like just the most hilarious, one of the big, biggest flops <laughs> in like, um, just like maritime war ever basically was this decision to try and do like privateering to attack the northern forces during the civil war did it just not work well well they had a lot of people who were very interested right away and they had like one big victory about a from a boat that was going um to it was a northern boat but it was heading to new orleans and it was like carrying fruit and they successfully like captured the boat but as it were the boat was like already um bringing resources to southern troops so oh, wow so they kind of just like immediately 
<laughs> shot oh themselves gosh. in the fo- foot. So they, they infiltrated someone who was already headed their way. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So that wasn't good. Then they had um, not many other successes. At one point, they had a crew that managed to capture like nine boats, okay. which was a pretty good win, except then as they were sailing those boats back to Florida, they got caught in a gale force wind. Seven of them sank and the remaining two got recaptured by the northern forces. So there was just this is like comical number of total failures. I don't understand why maritime battle would have even been super relevant during <clears throat> the Civil War. I, uh, you know, I, I, I am not one who understands the um, battle mechanics of the Civil War. Maybe, maybe this is this is what I yeah. like to think is that is that they were like, hey, do you guys want to go play sea ball? Sea ball, sea like ball at sea, ball at sea. Like it's like there is there's a huge field over here. If you guys feel like doing field ball yeah or or hear me out now sea ball sea ball <laughs> and and what they do is they go out to sea and they play ball they play ball i'm at, what i'm what the the image that immediately comes to my mind is like ship to ship tennis oh, you know with yeah. the ocean itself sort of serving as the net right yeah you know, if you can <laughs> land the ball on the opposing ship that's that's inbounds maybe the ball is something dangerous <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know like like maybe something kind of spiky yeah <laughs> It's got spikes. It's got. <laughs> Look out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Be, be careful. Dangerous game. When playing sea ball. When playing sea ball. It does feel like the type of thing where um, the proximity the two ships would have to have to each other is comically close. Yeah. Like you, you'd be like out, you know, paddling your canoe at sea, right. at, you know, obviously. And you like, <laughs> you look over and you see these two giant battleships and they're like, they're like 30 feet from each other. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are they? What are they? They playing sea ball? Do you know this? Re- this has just summoned up a memory for me. It have, oh man, I haven't thought about this in so long. But in fact, at a uh, 4-H camp one year in summer, I believe is that where Carp Girl happened? Was that the 4-H center? No, no, no different camp. That okay. was physics camp. Yeah, oh, physics <laughs> camp. <laughs> okay <laughs> this was at 4-h camp what well, so um the way 4-h here works is that each day there's like four different like uh activities or classes or whatever you're supposed to go do throughout the day sure and um one of mine was canoeing uh that was one of the things i signed up for and apparently i was the only person in this particular class who had ever been in a canoe before as wow, far as okay. I could tell. So okay. everyone else was sort of just like learning what paddles were, how boats floated, like had no idea how to make a canoe move in the water, which to me feels like such second nature, like how to make the canoe move. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. Like, sure. I've been I mean, in so many canoes. I've paddled so many boats. It seems, it seems like at this age, probably I bet you would have done it like six times, but that would be yeah a lot more. Yeah, experience than the average 4-H goer. So anyway, yeah, I, it was I had mounds of experience more mounds. than anyone else. Yeah. Mounds. I mean, you could like physically see them. So were you first pick for Seaball? Well, well. So yeah, on the last day, they finally introduced this game, and the game is, if I recall, they had a like a gallon Ziploc bag. Okay. And in the gallon Ziploc bag was nine tennis balls. So it, it was like effectively like a big flat floating square, right? Okay. Yeah. And the goal was for uh, either team to paddle out, acquire the sea balls as they were, yeah. and land them in the other team's canoe, like by using your paddles. Jay, this is this is I sea know. ball. This is sea ball, basically. I'm so happy about I this. I, now I want now I want to like have a meetup where we all 
adorn life jackets yeah. and, and play a, a quality match of seaball. A quality match of seaball. My memory of it is that for the most part, it was because there were only two teams and there was about six people per boat or something. And if memory serves, it was about 20 minutes of 11 people not knowing what they were doing and me eventually landing the seaball in the enemy canoe. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You did it. I did it. Did you go home a hero? That I day? was a hero, Ben. <laughs> now, now the real question is, well, they are just tennis balls. Did the other team at least have the decency to rip a hole in the bottom of their own hull and go down with the ship? Right. As is tradition in sea ball. <laughs> I mean, look, look, it's a noble sport. It's a noble sport. You lose, you sink your ship. <laughs> <laughs> Even if it wasn't going down anyway. That's right. It, yeah. If you're, if you're going to play the sea ball, you need to be willing That's right. to deal with you the, have to capsize in some way the ramifications yeah. of the sport. That's Man, right. That is very interesting. That is very interesting. It, it actually does seem like a really good way because paddling on a lake. Yeah. Um, it, are, is it? A, yeah, it's a lake. Yeah, it's a lake. Um, paddling on a lake is in a canoe is really not like the most fun thing oh, in the world. Oh, it's not. It's not the uh, intended yeah, body of water for a right. canoe. <laughs> it's it's way more fun going down the river where the river is helping you yeah, along the way. Doing much, you're mostly just steering then. You are mostly steering, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this actually reminds me. So when I was growing up, I went to uh, a different camp on multiple occasions that was called, um, it was Phoebe Needles. Phoebe Needles. Oh, the canoe camp. The new, the canoe yeah. camp. Yeah, yeah. I went, I went canoe camping right. uh, twice. And the, the two different trips, one of them was on the James River and one of them was on the New River. On the trip where we went on the New River, uh, um, it was like, it was very funny because it was, I, I think we've talked about like the summer camp effect before where like you go and like you're with like all new people and they don't really know like what your like position in your existing like social order might be. And right. so it's like, everything is new. So everything like, is new. it's like, it, it literally is like fresh slate. Like you can, you can be whoever. And, and I do remember being like, like I was a very, I, I believe and mom, if you're listening, maybe you'll disagree with this. I think for the most part, I was a pretty well-behaved kid growing up, mm -hmm. like d similar to you. Like I didn't have like detentions or silent lunch or, you know, and any of those types of like, yeah, reprimands or, you know, have like a letter go home about behavior or anything like that. Um, but on this particular trip, um, I remember that like somehow, some way, I think I sort of became maybe a little bit of like the, the, the beacon of rebellion. Oh, oh, <laughs> um, you were the jokester. I was the jokester. And I, I think, I think part of it was because I had been on one of these trips before. And so I had like a lot of like knowledge base about how it was going to go, the way things worked, like how it all came together and whatever. So I think I had like the first level of comfort of everybody there who else was just kind of like trying to find their bearings. And so then I was able to like, I don't know, assume like a leadership position. It's, it's funny in a couple of different ways. One of them is that at the time we all had call signs, mm -hmm. you know, and that's how we, that's how we like communicated with like each you were other. Like red five. Right, yeah, yeah, except mine, literally, and this is no <laughs> joke, genuinely was rubber ducky. Ben, Ben, you this whole time have had genuine call sign rubber duck. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me this is rubber duck over. This is, this is rubber duck off the uh, starboard side. <laughs> 
It was the best. <laughs> it was the best. But yeah, so I was rubber duck and everybody called me that all week. Wow. And it was like, it was like a badge of honor, honestly. Wow. Like, you know, I mean, everybody knows that rubber ducks are an incredibly and innately cool object anyway. Yeah. Um, but in, in this particular instance, I would even say it was like that plus one. Wow. Which is pretty cool. But anyway, my rebellious streak is really what I thought was particularly interesting. And I'm only thinking about it because we were talking about canoes and I think it's kind of a funny story. Right. Um, what rebellious <clears throat> things did you do at Phoebe Needles there, Rubber Duck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I, I'm really, I'm making it sound cool. Uh, <laughs> but so you'll, you'll remember that growing up, I was, I was quite the fan of a diving board. So, oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Very frequently would do lots of, um, you know, varying acrobatics off of, yeah. Uh, off the, the old plywood. I yeah. don't even know. What is a diving board made out of? Not plywood. Probably not plywood. <laughs> fiberglass maybe <laughs> probably um, <laughs> something that doesn't break when wet right yeah, yeah yeah um but so i i remember that i think i was like we, they, they taught us this trick actually while we were out in the lake where if you and your your boatmate both like leaned backwards you could actually both dunk your head into the water because your weight going in the opposite directions would actually keep the boat balanced yeah and so <laughs> <laughs> i can already see where this is going i don't know i, mean, I, I think don't know. Maybe. maybe no it just meant that like we got like like strangely comfortable like with the canoes themselves and so at some point in time i started the, <clears throat> the challenge for myself which was to see if i could like you know do tricks off of like the end of the canoe oh, naturally like, like naturally yeah of yeah. course and I remember in one particular instance, we were just in this like big flat area. And so I was standing on like the front of the canoe and I like dove underwater. And like the second that I dove underwater, it was the case that my hands, this is like another one of those moments where it's like, like maybe what really happened was I got severely injured, but my, my quantum immortality yeah. branch was like, Nope. What's <laughs> <laughs> turn? But so, um, the the uh instructor who was with us i think like was constantly having to like be like ben no stop ben no stop <laughs> so i jump in my hands immediately block my face from literally shattering just my whole, whole face, face on a rock and wow. it's like i was like like I just like, dove I just into what I thought death, uh, what I thought was just flat open water. And instead my, I, I caught a rock with my hands and, and, and like almost smashed my face. And I remember popping up and being like about to freak out. And then the counselor was like, you do not dive off the canoe. Never head first. Do you have any idea what could be down there? And, and <laughs> like, I do now. <laughs> no, I, I was like the exact opposite. I, was, I, I played it off. I was like, you were just taking this way too seriously. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like literally like sweating. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh my gosh, I just avoided certain death. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's funny. Okay. So this is uh, a uh, semi adjacent, I would say, okay. story is that like I was in a situation where I was definitely. Uh, no one knew me going in okay. for the most part. Okay. Like um, it was a bachelor party for my buddy Ross. So other than Ross, who obviously chose all of the. Uh, you know, members of his wedding party. Sure. I'd, they all sort of knew each other from school okay. or, you know, by being related to uh, Ross's, uh, uh, you know, extended family or sure. something. They were all a little bit familiar with each other. I was definitely like 
I'm the friend you met in the town you met your wife, and th- that's why you're here. Right, right, right. You, you are the representative for like, right. the, from the new town. From you the moved new to. town you yeah. moved to, like that's my role. This one, so I'm like, I, you know, I, I don't know you guys. So it, it, there is like that, like, I guess it can be a little bit different here, or like it, you, you feel easier to break free or whatever. So, um, the, the bachelor party was on a <clears throat> lake, and one of the things Ross wanted to do was just, you know, rent a boat, go to, go out, do some tubing, you know, drink some beers or whatever. Sure. And so uh, someone goes out, they go to the tube, and you know, I think a couple people did it. They fell off, or you know, it was it was pretty clear that the the lake was a bit choppy that okay. day. And as is the case when you have just a bunch of guys together, they're going to try and like whip the whip the tube over the waves and you know get you going and stuff like that so sure anyway i'm like okay i'll get out there i'll go out and do it because you know i want to have fun i want to participate and i'm out on the tube and i'm like okay my plan even from the beginning was here's what i'm going to do in order to like be impressive at some point when i dismount i'm going to do a backflip off the tube oh this is my this is my move because i'm like i've done like you know backflips into water before off boats and i'm like with the momentum of the boat i know that all i will need is the smidgenest bit of air and some leaning back yeah, yeah to yeah. you know and do then a gravity, full takes care of the gravity takes care of the rest you'll barely be in the air and it'll look awesome this is what i'm thinking yeah of course i'm like this is going to be great i can't wait all i need for them to do at some point is be driving the boat straight okay right okay <laughs> well let me tell you ben some like 25 minutes later of, <laughs> me, <laughs> of me just being back there they have done nothing nothing but going to figure eight oh. for, for like half an hour there i finally just like my like my muscles are dead i am like holding on i'm like i'm just i'm waiting for you to go straight just go straight ever like this is <laughs> that's all I'm waiting for the whole time. And they never do. Never do. Eventually I'm just like, I gotta get off. Like and I have no way to communicate. Just like, you know, go straight or stop or anything. You can't talk to the people on the boat. Oh, sure. You're way back on the tube. And and probably <laughs> if you were like, Hey, could you go straight, please? They'd <laughs> yeah. be like, um no. I know. It's not like, hey, I wanna do something good. you know, it's like the element of surprise is part of it. Like it's you true. have to catch them off guard by doing the backflip. Everybody's like, what? like I know. <laughs> <laughs> finally, I just like let go. They're like, "Man, you were out there forever." And then I can't even tell them why. I can't be like, "Yeah, I was trying to do. I was trying to be cool." You oh, know? No, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is it, tubing is like one of those really funny things where I feel like when you're back there, I do feel like like you feel cool. Like or I do at least. I don't know. Like whenever, yeah. whenever it's like you know, how long can I hang on? And like they're gonna whip it like crazy, and I'm gonna like throw my body weight around and try to like yeah. you know stay on the tube and stuff. But then also it's like compared to the other available sports for being pulled behind a boat, mm-hmm. which yeah. would include like wakeboarding or water skiing. Yeah, those are both sports that are like a lot, a lot cooler to <laughs> any, anybody else. And so it's <laughs> it's sort of like like when was the last time you ever passed somebody else on the boat and you looked over at the person on the tube and you were like that guy guy is a badass okay yeah have you ever done like the like i don't even know what to call like the rocket i don't know i feel like i've seen like a hot dog shaped thing yeah it's kind of like a hot dog sort of thing it's basically just like a very long tube that can sit like five people in a row okay and then it's got like maybe like two bumpers on the side for like a little stability or something yeah yeah you can drag it behind the boat i've only done it like on one day ever and it was at uh boy scout camp at clater lake people are gonna think our whole life was camp (laughs) 
so much of me growing up was camp or camping or boy scouts or something that's true so much time in the woods so much time on the lake but um one of the things you could do one of the uh, activity one of the merit badges that you could earn at uh camp clater lake around here was water skiing and this gave you access um while you were doing that it was sort of interesting. They had like a big bar that just sort of hung out the side of the boat so that I guess kids could like hang onto the bar and stand onto the skis. So they oh, weren't yeah. like, you, that avo- prevented you from needing to be like pulled out of the water, which is hands down the hardest part of water skiing. It's true. Once yeah. you stand up, just keep standing. But let me tell you, the speed boat they had at Clater Lake is I think the fastest boat I've ever been on in my life. No way. Yes. Interesting. And, and the guy running the speed boat uh, was like a on on the water skiing school you know team for whatever college he was hailing from. Okay, got as it. he was yep. camp counseling these Boy Scouts. Okay, right. So he was very comfortable with the boat. <laughs> uh, and I think <laughs> I think up. the most fun part of his job every single week was getting that boat up to speed and then taken with no warning at all just the hardest left turn he could because i i remember to this day just being on one side of the boat and just all of a sudden being on the other side of the boat oh just gosh slam bam anyway <clears throat> i don't know if, that doesn't totally seem safe it does not seem safe i think about it back then i'm like man i like in the moment, I was like, man, I, I, sh- I was not prepared. I should have been like, I felt like I was at fault. As I think back on it, I'm like, that guy was just having the time of his life whipping kids around the back of his boat. It, it seems like yeah. the type of thing where it's like, if if his boss knew, he yeah. would have been fired. It, it, does. <laughs> it would have been so easy to fall out. I don't know. Uh, anyway, no harm done. He was definitely like the cool counselor or oh, whatever no, I mean, as well, though. I, you sure, know, yeah. Can you tell? But uh, yeah, they had, they had the rocket back there and it, like on the last day of your after everyone's kind of like qualified for their water ski badge you do the, you do the rocket okay or maybe like once a week your particular troop would get to do it i don't know but i remember it being the absolute best thing Should like we- i i so covet as an adult doing the rocket again and having like a group of people but it was it was another thing where like i don't think i was always considered like like the leader leader of my boy scout troop but let me tell you on the rocket i was the leader <laughs> I was in charge. I knew what was going on. Red leader like, checking you in. Everyone listened to me. <laughs> lean left, lean right. We are not, because it was very easy to fall off. And it's like, as soon as one person falls off, that's it. You know, okay, you're it's done. all over. Yeah, you know, yeah, they yeah. got to circle back and get that kid. So, Well, I mean, the good news is now, I mean, I do, I do have a boat now. So, oh, so I know, like, man, we, you know, you say you have a boat, but I'm pretty sure the Mamie could handle the rocket now. Maybe, maybe. Okay, I, you know, if we want to bring this conversation full circle, I full do, circle. I do, I do have something fun for this summer on the lake, which is that I got a towable tube that is in the shape of a gigantic rubber duck. Oh, there we go. It's true. It's gonna be. It's gonna be awesome. I cannot wait so, to bust it out. So you could, if conceivably. <clears throat> If we get some like walkie talkies or something, you could be driving the boat, pulling people on the rubber duck and you could be like rubber duck to rubber duck. <laughs> oh my God, we're doing it. Someone send me a link for waterproof walkie talkies. Waterproof walkies. Oh my rubber duck to rubber duck. <laughs> we're taking a big left there. Rubber duck. <laughs> Roger that rubber duck. Quack, quack. <laughs> oh, it's going to happen. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. We're going to have way too much fun with this. <laughs> Absolutely, we are. We should just have an entire. <laughs> we should have an entire video that we make that's just literally like nothing but saying the word rubber duck way too many way, times. Way too many times. <laughs> uh, okay, I'm looking forward to that <clears throat> transition. Transition. 
And we're back. Yay. Yeah, I love, I love coming out of transitions. Cool. Okay. So kind of exciting announcement, uh, sort of. In, in like, in, yeah, it is exciting. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to call it full-fledged exciting. Full-fledged. So um, we talk a lot on the show here about how over on the Patreon we have like a merch tier where we come up with some like really, really, really cool pieces of merch. Yeah. And thus far, that has basically been the only available way to get a piece of popcorn culture merch. But that ends today. We have developed our first ever available to the public piece of popcorn culture merch. Yes. So if, yes. if you would like a way to show your pop colors uh, without actually like committing to that that patreon tier we have designed and after our, com- our our very fun conversation last week about the new game of wordle wordle we have a wordle themed t-shirt that uh kind of features like a bunch of popcorn culture buzzwords if you will jazz words if i will buzzwords well, okay i feel like i thought there's there's a there's there's a, an, an innate buzziness <laughs> About the words, <laughs> nobody nobody calls them jazz words <laughs> yet, but maybe they should. It's catching on. It's catching on. People are saying jazz words. No, <laughs> jazz just has hands. There's uh, no buzz hands. I was gonna say buzz hands. Buzz hands. Buzz hands. <laughs> it feels like you know who has buzz hands and Emperor Palpatine. Palpatine. <laughs> <laughs> Put down the buzz hands, palps. He's like, I invented the buzz I hands. I invented buzz hands. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, everybody was all about jazz. Everybody was all about jazz nope. hands. I came in. Anyway, um, uh, the, some really great jazz words on the shirt. <laughs> there's some really great jazz words on the shirt, including the word jazzy and the word buzzy. Yes. Um, well, I'm very excited about it. I think the shirt looks incredibly cool. I actually, it's like one of these things. Like I don't know if if you, I'm sure you have, but like there's, we even have one for Carlin Brothers Coffee where it says like Carlin and Carlin and Carlin and Coffee. I feel like for a long period of time there were these like. It was like a shirt style that like just about any brand could do. Could do because it was just like Helvetica font. Yeah, yeah, like and li- a list. Yeah, and a list. And so yeah, I mean like you know you could do it like for Disney and it could be like churros and waffles and magic it? and Mickey and yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but this time what we've done is it, it's it's like a Wordle solve. And yeah. and it's, it's it's not the most strategic game of Wordle, <laughs> I'll be I'll admit I would say that it's more Ben tier <laughs> approach. <more> ben- <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Ben. The Wordle, I'm sure if you haven't heard, was purchased by the New York Times for like seven figures. Yeah, so yeah. like a really 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 shocking, absolutely shocking, great payday for the person who invented it. But as ever, it's like as soon as you heard that, you're like, oh no, are they about to ruin? Is is the magic about to be lost? Is the wordle about to be gone? And I I don't know if it's just me, but I feel like the wordle has been significantly harder since NYT I, took over. I feel like I have heard. That sentiment you've heard a lot about the wordle. I've heard all that about the wordle. Okay. Um. Yeah. After Mr. Wardle sold the wordle to the, <laughs> was his name Wardle? That can't I, be right. I think it is. That's not true. I think it's close. <laughs> James Wardle here. 
I think it's close. Um, but yeah, so uh, I I have been having fun with it. I've been trying to get Alice to play it for the past several days. And finally last night, she was just like sitting at the computer and I had like the tab open at home. And I was like, I was like, boom. And I just like put in, I put in the word, you know, like ghost. Because yeah. it's my word of word. Right. And I was like. I oh, was you like, settled on a word of word. No, I haven't really. It just, I just thought it was funny. Cause so many people have been asking me what my word is. And some people have figured it out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, this is the thing. Once you know, this is like a game you can play. See if you can figure out my Wordle word. Because if you solve the puzzle, then you conceivably can reverse engineer my word based on my results every day. That's true. Right? That's very cool. So, yeah, so if you follow Jay on Twitter. Yeah, you can probably figure it out. Some people figured it out fairly quickly and like messaged me. And it, I will tell you if you've got it right. Yeah, yeah. So I think, I think I'm the not whole, like that secretive about it. The whole idea about withholding is mostly just so that you're allowing the organic nature of the game to, to do exactly what it what Exactly. It do. So, like, because. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. If you figure out my word, though, then just be aware that if you see my tweet, you will be able to gleam information from it, which maybe you consider an advantage, but everyone will know you cheated, except probably they won't. <laughs> yeah, probably they won't. How they gonna know? They're going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So anyway, we invented our very own Wordle shirt, which is incredibly buzzy and has inherent jazz hands when you wear it that's right um i can tell you the rest of the words i think they were pretty good okay yeah yeah Yeah, because this was tricky coming up with like five letter words that really related to the pop but that like you like if you know you know but they're also not so vague you know it's true it's true yep so of course we have jazzy and buzzy which were they were tricky to incorporate because like if you were if you're playing a real game of Wordle, never on earth would your first guess include <laughs> two, two Z's. Z's. Let alone your second guess yeah, yeah. also include two, two Z's, Z's. Especially after the first guess confirmed that there was no Z. <laughs> you never know. You, you never, never know. know. Maybe maybe it just maybe there was a glitch in the matrix. So anyway, someone was really determined. They were like Jazzy. No, I'm going. I'm doubling down, quadrupling down on Z. Uh, but so we have Jazzy, Buzzy. Then we go to Lasso, which I like I because. Do. It's it's very subtle, like because well, I mean, it's not subtle if you listen to the show because we yeah. talk about that lasso all the time. But it's lasso is also just a word, it's just a word, but so, it's also his last name. It's true. It's yeah. true. Yep. So this whoever's playing this game is really committed to like there's a double letter. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> two Z's. Fine. How about two S's? Z's and S's look similar. <laughs> they look similar. They're basically mirrors of each other. Uh, so we go from lasso to ducks to bingo and then finally to corny which is the solve uh yeah it's pretty cool it's, it's pretty, pretty cool. good shirt so it's it's uh it's gonna be uh available for pre-order now over at supercarlinbrothers.store yes if you would like to get in on the very first ever piece of publicly available popcorn culture wordle yes shirtle <laughs> yes get the wordle shirtle after <clears throat> a mere 116 episodes we're there we're there it's finally time. Thank you for listening so much. Transition. Ben, there was an event over the weekend, this yep. past weekend. There there was. There was. It was it was a football sporting event known for its notoriety. Yes. Um quite large event. Quite large. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Some would call it the Super Bowl. Some for health they, they may. <laughs> they they might. Might. <laughs> if we're allowed to even say that, I'll be curious to know whether or not Ethan bleeps you saying it. Because aren't you not supposed to say it? This is like one of those things <laughs> where at this point I can't tell if it's a joke or if people are just genuinely not allowed to say Super Bowl or if it's like you're not allowed to say Super Bowl when you're advertising. Like if you are like a radio station hosting a Super Bowl party, you can't advertise it as a Super Bowl party or something. Oh, I see what you're saying. You know, like I you have to advertise saying. it as a big game. But it'd be silly to say that no one could say Super Bowl. 
Maybe it's like Voldemort. Yeah. And if you You're say right. Super Bowl, like the Super Bowl might show up. Yeah. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Yo. Anyway. <laughs> the, the game who must not be named. The game that shall not be named. That's right. Oh, goodness me. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I'm just going to go ahead and say Super Bowl. If we find out later that um, we're not supposed to say that, Ethan, you can just bleep me out or put like a quack sound or something. You know, oh, that would be funny. <laughs> whenever we need to be bleeped for saying the game that shall not be named. But um, this, I think, was an interesting Super Bowl, not for the football itself, which I will say was like the it was like the, the a very good game in and of itself. And it capped off like the best postseason in recent memory for sure. the NFL. It was like seven insane games in a row coming down to less than a field goal. The, the game ended that way too. Um, that was really good. But what I found really interesting about this particular Super Bowl was that for the first time ever, it felt like there was a definite decision in like changing the like target audience to our generation. Yeah. Did you I, get that? I, I did. I, yeah. especially with the halftime show, yes. it felt like this was, I, I remember <laughs> when we were, we were kids growing up. The halftime show was this like thing that I knew was important, but so often the artist who was playing was someone who I had never heard of before. Or, right. Or it could be someone who the name I had heard of, but like, as we've said on so many different occasions, we're not very good at music. So, it's it's kind of like I'm not really excited for yeah, the Rolling like, Stones. <laughs> right. Like, it's like Prince, great. <clears throat> yeah, you're I know I've heard of you. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um and so th- I I do think you're exactly like on point though cuz this year it was it was very it was very interesting how the halftime show featured like Eminem and Dr. Dre and 50 Cent and Snoop Dogg and Mary J Blige yep. and like so you have this lineup of people all of whom I can name all of the songs of which I actually know. Yeah, and it's right. like, it's like, man, check this out this year. It's like, they finally got it. And it's like, wait a second. Wait a minute. All these people were really popular in like 2005. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. I know. And then it's kind of like, oh man, Uh-oh. does this mean, I know. Does this mean? I know. I was like, wait a minute. My whole life, I've been like, it feels like the the halftime show artists are always like for my parents or something. I was like, it finally felt like there was like people I knew, and I was like, oh no. Do you wait think? Wait a minute. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, <laughs> did they change who they were targeting, or have they continued to target the exact same? Or like, have like, they always been targeting down like the like thirty five to forty five sort of like age range? Yeah, or maybe yeah. not. That, neither <clears throat> of us are that old. Bad example. The thirty to forty age range. Right, right, yeah. Like, yeah. like, is that the case? Is that like what we're? Is that what we're witnessing? Right here and we, now. And, and now we've just aged into we it. We've aged into it, and eventually we will like age out of it. Because that was <clears> the <throat> other thing is that I know that in our family chat, the the, the Super Carlin family chat that we have with with like uh like our our younger brother Tyler, all the wives and our parents and stuff, uh, that we were like, what did you guys think of the halftime show? And I think mom was kind of like, meh. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I think I think you're exactly right. It's kind of the type of thing where she's like, like maybe she was on the other end of the spectrum. Like this is the, this music is now like too what is it like maybe she's too old for this round of music but then also it seems like the generation below us people born you know in the year 2005 or something are like who are these people yeah well this was a very um like mind-blowing moment for me is that yeah beth uh leads like a 
little like youth group thing at church with all these, um, you know, teenage girls and stuff. And she was, you know, asking them about the Super Bowl. You guys going to watch? What are you doing? What, you know, are you excited for the halftime show? Uh-huh. And they were like, I've never even heard of those people. And it was like, <clears throat> excuse me. You've never heard of Snoop Dogg? Like, <laughs> like specifically, like you asked them. She was like, yeah, I asked them. They never heard of Snoop Dogg. I was like, you, but how? No, but no. <laughs> how? But how? I don't I understand. I know. I know. <clears throat> I mean, it's. I, I think this is just the cyclical nature of of like this the, is it. Yeah. It's like this aging process that happens. Is that it's just it's always happening. Yeah. Like it, like over and over and over again. And and really, what I think probably what you realize as you get older is like the number of times that this exact thing has happened. The number of times that you think you are like immune to something. Right. It's like, no, I'm just here. I'm doing the, I'm, man. Yeah. So getting old. So maybe we're (laughs) not bad at music, Ben. Maybe just music has been older than us this whole time. I think I'm still bad at music. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I was was maybe trying to give us a break there, but no, I can't. We're just (laughs) bad at it. (laughs) Yeah. I'm still, I'm still not there. I, uh, I feel like even like the, the Encanto songs, uh, I feel like I have been trying, I've been listening to them basically nonstop and I've been trying really, really hard. There's only like six of them that are like, you know, the, the like main songs. Yeah. It's like at this point now, I'm probably listening to all of them like 300 times. Yeah. You should have it. Right. It's like, I don't, I don't. Popcorn Culture is supported by Arena Club. Okay, so you guys know that I love trading card games and that me and Ben are big time collectors of Pokemon cards. You know, it's that childhood fantasy of finally being able to use adult money to buy those highly coveted rares of our youth. And like, even in our office, we have not one, but two full display cases with some of our all time favorite rarest cards that we've pulled. But something I did not know existed when I was a kid in my youth was the grading process for trading cards or sports cards or whatever you're collecting you know to me it was just like a rare charizard is a rare charizard like it doesn't doesn't matter if it's been hanging out in my pocket with my lucky paper clip turns out it does matter and kind of a lot because if you get your cards professionally graded it can add huge value and then not only that but once they're graded they will like seal them in that pristine condition inside of a plastic case or what's known in the the industry as a slab and that's where arena club steps in because it's like buying a booster pack but it's for a pre-graded card now i know that can take like maybe a second to wrap your head around because you're opening physical cards on a digital platform which means you open the pack online and see your polls where they can be added to your showroom for the world to see but you can also request them to be sent to you at any time so they have got a ton of pre-graded cards and then you will get to randomly open one and then they'll keep it for you or they can send it to you or you can just like sell it or trade it online or whatever you want to do but whether you're buying selling trading or displaying arena club is the card collecting platform you have got to check out and right now you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash pop pop, which wow, that is a crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's like $40 right there. Anyway, that's arenaclub.com slash pop pop for 10% off your first purchase. Pop 
Popcorn Culture is sponsored by Shopify. Y'all are likely aware of the fact that we have our very own Shopify store, Carlin Brothers Mercantile. And it's hard to imagine not having it now, but arriving at the decision to open our own web store was a big one. In fact, we started our journey on the interweb back in 2012 and didn't finally open up shop until 2018. And a huge part of that is just not knowing where to start, but that's where Shopify steps in. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business, which is a fancy way of saying it's a really easy and effective way to start an online business, no matter if you're operating out of your garage or have like a whole building or three or something. Once we were set up, our biggest concern was trying a new product only to discover no one was interested in it. But Shopify is powered with so many reports, more than you can even imagine. And this is so handy because it allows us to use data to better provide what folks are actually interested in. It's so easy to use, but even if you do find yourself caught in a jam, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Sign up for a $1 per month trial at shopify.com slash pop pop. That's all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash pop pop now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash pop pop. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Man, I'll tell you what. <clears throat> speaking of Encanto, there, yeah, I've been, been listening to it a lot. And there is a line in We Don't Talk About Bruno after Are You Telling the Story or Am I? Yes. Do you know what he says there after that? I'm sorry, me, Vita, go on. Yes, yes. But... It is like the hardest one to like, I feel like that line in particular is really hard to sing. Like if you're saying like, sorry, maybe to go on. Cause he has like this, like very like flowy, like when, when the, I don't know who the artist is, but when Tio Felix delivers it, it's like very fluid and it just comes out. And I've like, <clears throat> you like look at the words and I'm like, I don't know how you can say the words <laughs> in this like way that allows you to like raise up there at the end like that like to get that cadence right i mean and i think probably it's because th- there's there is that like little bit of like spanglish going on yeah um and so it's it's probably the case that especially like mi vida like yeah. is this thing where like if if you are like a native <clears throat> spanish speaker then like it, your muscle memory on like saying those words in that way are just like flow yeah that much better yeah that's that's the best explanation yeah that i have like i can't stress it enough i'm not very good at music oh so. i understand so i bring it up because like i keep getting to that part of the song and being so frustrated with myself for not being able to do it so i have instead this has been my new strategy for trying to get through that section of the song is i have instead rather than trying to say each individual word i have tried to like 
make up just a new word that encompasses all the sounds, which seems like it's just doing the same thing. Oh, well, it's called a word clump. Yeah, it's just me. It's me vidagawan. Me vidagawan. If you can say me vidagawan, you will just you will get it. And that's easier and it, for you. It's easier than me. It's easier for me to picture the word me vidagawan. <laughs> like see like you can get it there and, it's, and it is all the right sounds like it gets the same message across but i'm thinking of it as one big word sound rather than like me vida go on it's yeah. me vida go on yeah okay okay yeah. okay i got you i got you i i'm trying to think um of the song i feel like growing up that was like incredibly popular and like for literally I don't know, 15 years, probably even longer than that. I didn't know what they were saying. And now, Oh no. Uh, <clears throat> oh, like we're going down, down, but yeah, I don't know the words. Do you, you don't know what the words are? No. Oh man. Going okay. Hang down, on. Swing in. We're going down, down. <clears throat> I, I, it's, it's so infuriating that like, I, I feel like I've even learned them. And now still can't pull them oh, out of my this head. Is, this is the most infuriating thing. Like, I think the same thing is true of the lyrics, semi-charmed kind of life. Like, that's the name of the song. Uh-huh. And I didn't know what they were saying when they got to the words <laughs> semi-charmed kind, kind of, of life. life. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, we're going... We're going down, down in an earlier round. Oh man, We're no! Going down, down in an earlier round. Yeah, see, I, Yo, like yeah, I nope, <laughs> not nope. even close. You, wow, you said that, and it's like it's blowing my <clears throat> mind. It's like filling in blanks for like thirty years right now. I know, I know. <laughs> like, yeah, it's whoa. like how, 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 how do? Oh my gosh, can I tell you another one? Because I have been absolutely loving um, Bo Burnham's special Inside. Okay, um, and so I, I just downloaded the the soundtrack. So I've just been like, as I've been driving like to work and stuff, I've, I've sort of been like in a lull between like listening to books and stuff. So this is just what I've been listening to lately on repeat. And in the office one day, I feel like I had this like really embarrassing moment where I was like thinking about it in my head. And I was like, man, there there's like this one line. Uh, the song is called like white woman's Instagram. And it's just like, it is so like absurdly on point as to just like, just like a bunch of things that you maybe wouldn't have ever been able to like put together as like common cliche things yeah. that you've probably <laughs> seen people post like so on, many on, times on yeah. Instagram before. Right. Um, and like there, there's this one line where I, like I always loved it because it says, <laughs> I thought that it said goat cheese sandwich. And I always liked that he like sort of used this word sandwich. And, and I remember I was like talking to everybody in the office. I was like, man, like that was like such a good pull of a word. It's like, like he didn't go with sandwich. He used like this sort of like very cutesy sandwich, right? Like I like sandwiches, Yeah, you know? And, and everybody was like, he says salad. And I was like, (laughs) go G salad. What? And I was like, it was like one of these situations where I was so embarrassed because it was like, I had just been thinking about it myself. And it was like this thing that I liked about the song. And I, like, I, I was just like, I, I, nobody was even talking about it. I was like, yes, listen to Bo Burnham. There's just one thing I really like. He says goat cheese sandwich. And it's just like crickets in the room. And I was like, now every time I listen to it, 
I'm reminded of this You're moment. reminded of it. So what I'm trying to do now is I'm, I'm actually putting like salt in the wound right now. Like it hurts me to talk about oh, this. Oh, I'm sorry. But but the good news is that maybe I'll maybe maybe it'll cause it to heal. Yeah. By, by by talking about right. it. Right. You discussing you it. will address it <clears throat> head on, and yeah. that won't hurt anymore. Now now it's like it's like when your parents told you like in middle school to like just like laugh you know like lean into the joke maybe yeah. you know it's like it's really hard to do it is because you have to like you have to like break away from all of your internal programming and sort of override maybe the potential to be embarrassed or having your feelings hurt and instead replace that with like positivity or like going with the flow or humor which yeah. like feels so far apart but i genuinely think it might be a skill yeah. Like I think that like in my early days of middle school, this was something that I struggled with really hard. Yeah. And I think I've maybe talked about this before, but I, my whole life I've always been really bad at comebacks because it like, it, it never really makes sense to me why anybody would just be mean to begin with. Right. And so like, it's not really like in my, in, like my instinctual nature. So like if somebody did say something mean to me, I usually like, like I didn't have the ability to put gloves on to begin with. I was just gloves off and like my comeback would just be <laughs> cruel and right. really mean. <laughs> and it's like, I never would have said that if you, there's like, you started you it start, <laughs> like started to bro. I, I, I didn't want to, I didn't want to say something mean. Who said something mean, yeah. like unprompted. And, um, where was I going with this? Yeah. So I, I think that like in, in the early days I would always struggle because I would try to come up with comebacks. And then I think over time I finally learned how to laugh at myself and now I'm doing that exact thing. It's uh, goat cheese salad, not goat, goat cheese, cheese sandwich. Salad, you no. silly head, man. I, okay. I have a, a, some, I guess a, a story like this and man, you're bringing, I'm having so many weird memories today. Okay. Good, on the pop. Yeah. Okay. This is seventh grade English class, Whoa, which was a weird class because we had this like block. It was like reading and writing, but it was like it was reading before lunch and then you'd go to lunch and come back to the same classroom with the same teacher and the same people and do writing. Okay. <laughs> so okay. It was very like just like, like a break in the middle of your like block to go have lunch, come back. Anyway, not important. I just remember that as well. Okay. Um, so part of the writing every day is you'd have like a writing prompt put on the board. You'd have like 20 minutes to write or something about whatever it was. I don't sure. remember, but uh, it doesn't matter what it was about because let me, afterwards people could like volunteer to like read what they wrote. Let me tell you, who never volunteered was myself because didn't want to read that. Really? But, yeah, I, I did not do it, but I partially perhaps part of the reason I never would have was because there was like three to four other students who would volunteer every single day. And no matter what the writing prompt was, I can tell you what would happen in their story, which was that I would die. <laughs> this was like the, in every, like they would, it was like, it was intended like as a joke, I guess. But like at some point in the story, like I was always a character and I would always die in wait in, in other grade. people's writing. Yes. in other people's writing. Yes. And it would be like in some like comical fashion. Other people were writing stories about you. Yes. Dying. It does seem like not allowed when I'm saying it out like on the daily Ben. On the daily. So did it just become like, a, like a, I mean, it, it, I don't even feel right calling it an inside joke, but was yeah. it like this like running gag? Like, I guess it was like a running <clears> gag <throat> almost. Yeah. I was like, oh, guess what? This is another funny thing. And I remember at first like bothering me. Like, and I think that was sort of almost like I, I can't because they like I would have called these people my friends. Okay. It was like who I sat with at lunch and stuff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But I remember at some point just being like, okay, well, 
if they're going to do this every day, I would just start like acting out what they were describing as uh, it was happening. Okay. Like just sitting in my chair like, oh, and they're like someone, you know, I, I don't know what would happen, but I would just like, you know, fall out of my chair, you know, on cue or whatever. And I could tell at some point, like they did not like that. I was leaning into it. <laughs> oh. Like it was like taking the taking the Mickey out of the joke or something. <laughs> Interesting. I know, man, this is a very weird now that I'm thinking, I'm like, how was this allowed? Why was this going on? It, it feels mean. It does feel mean. Hmm. Hmm. I don't know. That's interesting. Yeah. That is interesting. But I remember, but <clears throat> the point is, upon leading into it, it definitely was like a, well, this isn't as fun anymore. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Yeah. <clears throat> well, okay. So on that note, so speaking of things that, that, that you can lean into and also... Uh, writing prompts. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because <laughs> segue. Oddly, I'm able to actually combine both of those. So, at, at one point in time on the pop, I told the story about how I went to jail. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, and you know, it basically was this. It, it was it was like an odd story, and and I think that like I've I've always been somewhat at peace with it because like the the circumstances around what led to it like i think there was a small part of me the 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 very 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 brief version of it is that i was a high school age student i had i was coming out of off-roading a a good friend was on the roof of the vehicle with like hanging on to like the bike rack or whatever Mm -hmm. we were going very slowly but still yeah you're driving in the woods on a dirt road coming back from a night of camping and some libations yes yeah and basically that like a park ranger comes over he pulls me over because he can very evidently see that there is someone on the roof of my vehicle where people are not supposed to be. Um, and so I got ticketed with that. And then as, as you mentioned, there were libations in the vehicle and we were underage. And there was this moment where basically the officer was like, well, one of you can take the, the blame for all like 11 people in our party. Cause it was like two vehicles, like a yeah. convoy. Um, and you can just say it was, it was like, all of it was yours and that nobody else had anything to do with it. Uh, or everyone gets the ticket. And it was kind of like one of these things where I think I, I don't know, like I ended up being the fall guy. Yeah, you were the fall man. Yeah. So, yeah. and it was, it was kind of like one of those things where I think I was, I was trying to like, I don't know, possibly like either do the right thing or, you know, like forge, a friendship or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, still as like a 18 year old, uh, who is like one week away from high school graduation, this is a pretty massive, um, disruptor in my life yeah. at this point in time. Like everybody's talking about like ne- how bright never their fu- a good time to go to jail. <laughs> Not really. No, yeah. no. Um, but everybody's talking about how, like how bright their future is and like, we're all, you know, going to college and, and you know, everything, everything good is in front of us. And I'm like, well, not me. <laughs> I mean, he still was like lots of yeah. lots of good things. Still, obviously, were were ahead, but it was it was definitely like a, a huge huge drag. But so it was it, like I got to my first class, my first day of college, and my uh, writing professor basically had given us this exact writing prompt where he wanted you to write about your summer break oh. <laughs> and he wanted he like the big thing was he was like I get my attention right away like how can you 
like write some like whatever it is like you need to figure out like when we when we record a super carlin brothers video for example everything that happens before like that little intro music plays like yeah. with, our, with our heads and everything we refer to that as the hook like right. this is basically us making the argument as to why you should watch the rest of the video right and so that was effectively the assignment is yeah. is practice the hook practice the hook right and so and the idea the the prompt otherwise was to discuss you, what, the summer that you just came off of right and this is basically like the the keynote item that happened in this particular period right. of time and um obviously now this is something that i will talk about i can look back on it and there's there's like the ability to have separated from it and and not like feel a lot of it or anything but at that point in time it was still incredibly fresh but it was still the main thing that came to mind for me to write about and so i did and you know turned in my assignment it was like a monday turned it in on a wednesday and then on friday the teacher walks in and he's like there is one of you who wrote the best hook I have ever seen. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it was you. And it was me. Yay! I know, which it was like, yay. And he's like, can I read it to the class? And I was like, oh, Uh-oh. and you know, it was just like, <clears throat> I don't know. It, it was like one of these things where writing prompt, leaning into it. Yeah. But did he read it he did oh nice he did and then like everybody in the room slowly like you know i'm like sitting in, in like the middle back or whatever <laughs> like as it like goes slowly to, disappearing everybody's into the wall. head is slowly turning to look at me and i'm like hey, i had a bad summer <laughs> I, I, I had a bad summer <laughs> but i'm here now i'm here Anyway, and they, that that teacher I would say was one of the most impactful teachers though. That oh, I had excellent! In, in all of uh, in all of college, and Man. it happened to be literally my first professor that I had. Man, there you go. I know, good stuff. My first professor in college was for art appreciation, so I don't even remember their name. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. Maybe, yeah. maybe not the same experience. Not the same experience. Yeah, I was like, go practice <laughs> drawing this thing so you can have an appreciation for that. All right, and this, is, this is not so good. No, well, yep. There you go. I feel like you got into you got into art. You can draw reasonably well. I guess so. I can I can draw like if I'm looking at like a drawing already. Okay. Like I can like replicate it sometimes. I don't know. I'm not as great. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's a bad skill to know whether or not you're good at it. This this is like this is one of those things though. Is that like yeah? I if I'm going to draw a picture like I can't picture what I'm trying to draw in my head at all Mm -hmm. it's it's almost like it's like yeah just just so if i'm looking at like the shell on the coffee table in front of us then it's like i can go through and try to like you know replicate very poorly but i at the very least have the item in front of me that i can like you know visually do it with take the shell away and it's like i can't even picture what a shell looks like anymore (laughs) what are shells what do shells look like what are the what are the characteristics of a shell so whenever i'm seeing like somebody like drawing something and they know to like add like shading around like the like the the space next like somebody's nostril or something i'm like you think about that right like is that practice or is that just like your brain works like differently i i assume there's a certain amount of both i think a lot because it's always been such an interesting thing to me that you could like teaching art and like this this would make your painting better and it's like what what is what is the subjectivity of better you know that is (laughs) very true like oh if i add shading that'll make it better or is it is is that even what i'm going for and it's like no i definitely just make it better it's just good skills to have so i think there are certain like techniques and skills that'll just generally improve anything you're drawing um that can just be taught to you. And then it's just a matter of practice. 
Wouldn't probably. it be really interesting if there is an afterlife? Yeah. And when you arrive, you discover that there are like four different types of brains mm-hmm. that like all humans have. Yeah. And they all have like one very unique but very different way of like approaching everything right so like in the way that like i can't picture the shell in my head like the people who can like they just have a different like a literally different brain right than me and these overlords as it were are attempting to like perfect the human brain and like figure out like which one is able to like best navigate right the waters is like like each one has like a small <coughs> modification yep. we're all part of a grand experiment we'll get it there Several billion attempts in at this point. <laughs> I know, I know. There's yep. lots of data. There's lots of data. We're getting close. Or maybe, maybe we have been taught to believe that billions is a lot of data, but mm. but in reality, it's like no, it's not really that much. Pretty data. insignificant. Yeah, you know, whatever. Yeah. It's like when I saw the like how the Grinch stole Christmas for the first time mm-hmm. and realized that, like the entire city of Whoville exists like on a snowflake that's right. falling down. It's like, it's like why would anybody show me that? Why would anybody show me that? Now, <laughs> now, now, are we just on a snowflake? Is that what's happening? <laughs> that what's happening? Is our entire ecosystem, dude? Sometimes, yeah. Are stars like, other snowflakes? Basically, yeah, right. Man, I just saw. Uh, sometimes TikTok will just show me things, and I'm like, man, I that is that was unbelievable. The one I saw recently that it um, was a guy teaching a class, and he was talking about this mega telescope that they had for space or whatever. And he's like, when you look up at the sky, you can see tons of stars right there's like tons of stars up there but there's probably some just like blank spots as well like where you know maybe if you were really out in the wild there wouldn't be any blank spots but if you just walk outside your house you can see lots of stars but there's just open open areas where you could point the telescope and there'd be nothing up there right sure yeah so he's like so how's this and he's like takes a he shows a picture from like a blank spot of sky and this telescope you know can you know it's like a long exposure and it goes for however long and it can go this deep into space and whatever and it comes back and it's just like you know full full there's like no blank space you know oh it's my like, gosh and it's like yeah okay now what you're seeing <clears throat> here all of a sudden is tons and tons of stars and he's like that this is like what exists. We, we will never be able to see this with our eye, but pointing the telescope at a completely blank part of the sky, this is what's out there. And he's like, and then let's go a level deeper because then we're not looking at just stars. Each one of those stars is an entire galaxy. And you're like, oh no. It's just like, there's so much. There's so much out there. It's, like, it's, it's so big. It's so big and you can't even think about it. And you're like, and here you are with your tiny problems and you're barely a Whoville on a snowflake. And, I, you know. I know. I know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's ridiculous. It, it is very difficult to, it is very difficult to just even begin just to so attempt big. to understand the size of it. But I, I think I saw a Hank Green TikTok maybe that was explaining this, a, a very similar kind of phenomenon. But and and it's possible I'm wrong, but I'm gonna like just pose the idea because I think that at the very least it will it will almost make sense. But it's pretty much that like the way that we know that like the universe or the galaxy or whatever the biggest thing out there is is actively expanding is because like if not like because we can see stars at night, but because the entire night sky isn't nothing but white. Does that make sense? Oh. Like there is a scenario, it should be the case because space is infinite that the entire night sky should just be a wall of white. Oh, I see. We should see nothing but stars because anywhere you look, somewhere out 
into that distance light coming towards you. is light coming towards you but it's it just like but we, it's getting further away so it doesn't actually reach us there's that right. and and it takes so long because it's so far away for the light to finally get there because I, I believe it's also possibly the case that some stars that we see are stars that could have already died but like the light yeah is still still coming still coming yeah <sighs> Well, that's weird to think about. It's incredibly weird to think about. Doesn't it, does it seem like at some point you should look up and there'd just be like a few more stars in the sky, like some light should start reaching you or something? I like, suppose I suppose those are probably like the most faintest of stars. I like whatever this whatever this professor was seeing with his telescope, it must yeah, be those. Must be. Like they're I the guess. ones that they're like on their way. Right. Okay. Well, maybe someday. <laughs> maybe maybe someday. Yeah. Like, like what if there was ever like the South Star? The South Star. <laughs> yeah, the South. The it's North like Star, the, the South North Star. Star. It always tells you where to go. Well, you know, the and South Star. And then there's the South Star. <laughs> yeah, the South Star. And it would have a really bad Navy. <laughs> wow. Full circle. Full circle. Full circle. You'd be part of some type of ship-related constellation. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty good. Okay, okay. so there, there's another topic that I want to, discuss, uh, want to discuss. Because okay. it occurred to me last week when I was when I was re- re-watching, listening, doing the premiere of The Pop yeah. back. You and I had a conversation about um, contentment, like the ability to be content with your life. And it occurred to me that when I was watching it, I was like, it's not even the first time in recent history that Jay and I have had this exact conversation really? on The Pop. I, okay. think, I think that this is at least... Maybe like 15 pops ago. I'm okay. just going to like shoot it out there. Just shoot it out there like around episode 100. Yeah, maybe maybe somebody can verify for <laughs> me. But I feel like there was another point in time where you and I were, were kind of discussing this idea of the different levels of being content with who you are, what you're doing, yeah. the way that you're, you're approaching life, maybe like where like what level of like accomplishments maybe you've you've achieved what type of like maybe you have like that aspirational car you've always wanted to drive be able to purchase a house all of these things that we mark as these like major life accomplishments and sort of the I think what what we were discussing last week for me in particular is this issue that I very frequently will have some type of aspiration I will achieve whatever that thing is and then not really like bask in the glory that is the awesomeness of right. having achieved it for very long at all. So it's almost like the moment that it's done, it's kind of like, Hey, that's amazing. Yeah. What's the next thing? Right. You know, and now it's kind of like, now that I've done that, like I just need to, I need to keep going. I need to keep going. And but I, the goal every <laughs> time is to reach a point where you're like stably happy. Yeah, exactly. Like, right. like sustainable. Like your goal isn't to have like a peak happiness and then return. It's like, if I do this thing, then I'll continue to be happy. Right. It, it, in my mind, it's almost like we're all on the quest for achieving just enough level of success so that we are just happy forever, mm-hmm. you know? And and I think that it's almost like a misguided thought or belief or uh, projection. So there is a term for it uh, that is called the hedonic uh, treadmill. Okay. Or, or the, the phenomenon itself is called hedonic adaptation. Okay. Um, and I'm going to read it so that I don't butcher it and we can continue to talk from there. But the hedonic treadmill, also known as hedonic adaptation, is the observed, the observed tendency of humans to quickly return to a relatively stable level of happiness despite major positive or negative events or life changes. So the idea here is that 
like let's say there is that like real want to go and like buy a new car like maybe maybe your car is like the car that like you know you got in high school or it's like it it doesn't have like a backup camera or four wheel drive or, or, you know, something like that. Like, uh-huh. like you're just like, I'd, I'd love to have like the, the, the features of today. So, you know, you're, you're just like, you're like, I'll, if I could just get a new car, like it'll just like make heated seats, you know? Right. And then you go and you get that new car. And basically it's kind of like the day you get it, there's like this peak, you know, you're kind of like, Oh my gosh, like best day ever. Like I got a new car. This yeah. is so cool. I'm so happy. And then like, you know, for the, the following, several days or, or weeks or whatever, what, what slowly is happening is that you're, you're coming off of a baseline and that baseline is, is your standard happiness, which is fairly stable, all things considered. But then you get that peak that brings you up where, where you're very happy. Like I got a new car. And then the, the days that proceed, you're still happier because you're like, you know, like maybe it's been like two weeks and, and you finally get to use those heated seats for the right. first time. Cause it's the first cold day. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, this is cool. Like I still love my new car, but then eventually like maybe like three, four months, six months later, a year later, you find yourself back at, at it's kind of like, yeah, I really thought getting that new car was going to like make me happy for longer. Right. You know, like why, why like, you know, so now it's like, well, now I guess I got to like think of the next thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's the idea of the treadmill is it's sort of like, there is this like thing that I want. So I put in effort to get that thing. And like, there's, there's like drive and motivation or whatever. And then there is the attainment of the thing. And then there is kind of like the return to normal after the thing, which then the cycle then repeats itself. And so that's, that's where you get the treadmill effect right. because it's a, it's a circle that's just rotating, rotating, rotating. And what you're always looking for on that horizon is this idea of like, I made it to the top. I am now at the point where I will just like, I can, I did it. I can now be happy forever because these problems have now been solved. Mm -hmm. And it's like, now I'm good. Now I'm good. And the thing is, is that it's just, that's just not a thing. Right. Uh, And similarly, this can also happen with negative events for, for what it's worth. Right. Let's, you might have a a breakup or whatever, and you might tip down and it's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sad. I'm like, no, I don't know. It, I'm never going to never going to be happy again or something. But then as time goes on, you do find that you actually drift right back up to right. that middle line. Um, so w- w- like an example. Yeah, I guess also that people gave in the article I was reading about this is like winning the lottery. Yeah. You know, it's like you, you might think that winning the lottery would be the best thing ever. Right. Like how, how All many, your problems are solved now. Right. You could pay off every single debt you have. You could, you could purchase new cars for all of your friends and family. You could, right. you could do, you can retire maybe. I don't know. Exactly. Yeah. But, but what they say is, is that most people actually just will, after a period of time, will return to that thing. Like, right. and, and you will need that new fix and the addictive cycle basically continues. And, yeah. and that is the way that they describe it in psychology is that, being on the treadmill is addictive because mm-hmm. it just keeps looping on itself. Right. Because you always do get that little high. Exactly. Right. Exactly. So the, I think what's interesting about this is that probably like I was, I was talking about last week, how you and I were very different with this because it doesn't seem like you find yourself on this treadmill in the same way that I do. Mm-hmm. Like where I feel like almost all the time I'm like, well, what's next? Like, what's the new thing? Yeah. What's, like, what can I start now? Like what's my new project or whatever? Um, and I, I think in a lot of ways it's fun for me. Like if, if you've watched my vlog, for example, I think you like, it's even very obvious, very quickly, maybe even to me 
that like week in week out, I have a lot of fun being like, what can I do now? Right. Like, like I can, I can try a new thing. Like, mm-hmm. let me, let me see how this goes and I can, I can learn from it. Uh, and that's fun. And I, I really, I, I do enjoy that aspect of it. But the, I think the difference is, is that like that baseline happiness level is sort of something where it's like, that is a fairly constant thing. And what you're attempting to probably really do is raise that line. Like, right. how do you get that stable lineup? And that that's something where I feel like somehow, some way, you know, like your your brain, I, I feel like, or, you know, life circumstances or, or decisions that you made, whatever, I think has led you to, like, your, your line rides real high. Mm-hmm. So I think, like, you know, your, even if your ups and downs or whatever are happening, it's like they, they exist in, like, a really good spot. Like, you're always, like, very, very happy with it. Um, and that particular... Uh, like idea is um, basically the the opposite of hold on what's my word again hedonic adaptation okay which is going to be called the eudemic <laughs> eudemonic 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 okay sorry uh, the eudemonic approach which is the type of happiness or contentment that is achieved through self actualization and having meaningful purpose in one's life oh which is it's very interesting to me because I do think that these are questions that I have asked here on the pop a bunch of times, which is like, like what, what is the purpose? How do you receive, like achieve self-actualization? Like, like we're, we're all trying to do these things, you know? Um, and, and I, I feel like frequently when I've explained it to you and it's nice actually for me to have words, like verified words, yeah, because I do feel like now I can be like, if anything, I feel like this is just like, like Jay does this, you know, like this is <laughs> it's like, interesting. reading that I have achieved self-actualization sounds a little, a little lofty well, perhaps, but that, I, I appreciate, yes, what you mean. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. I, th- and that's totally fair. I mean, I, self-actualization is probably again, like a, a fairly ongoing lifelong quest. Possibly. Yeah. I no, do you disagree? Uh, well, I don't know the way you phrase it that like, it's like intrinsically what everyone's actively trying to do is like, I'm not sure. That is true. No. Okay. I think that's fair. Yeah. I think that that's fair. Whether or not your intention is self-actualization is probably different from whether or not it's happening anyway. Ah, okay. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, and that would probably be my argument. Like, like this could be the difference between, and the, uh, th- this is just a, just a random example, but like the desire to be a surgeon because surgeons make extremely high salaries yeah or the desire to be a surgeon because you have like this drive inside of you to be able to help people right the end result is that both of those surgeons are going to make a high salary one of them was doing it for that reason the other one it's just a side effect of right this is this is exact i mean i mean not to always bring everything back to Working at the concert venue. Sure, sure, sure. But this no. was this was um, very much like a, a realization I made at some point, which is that like I wasn't really at some point trying to sell more tickets, despite okay. being like working at the market. Like my job, like in my mind, like what I showed up at work to do was to finish my to do list and see how much stuff I could get done. Okay. And, like the end result, sure enough, was that more tickets would be sold because by knocking stuff off the to-do list, things that would sell tickets would get done. Yeah. But like, I wasn't approaching it with like a, I want to sell tickets and get as many 
people involved in the culture and arts and shows and you know like you know whatever it was sure you know i wasn't like passionate about people coming to see live entertainment exactly you know but it was like but i do need a job and i can do all these things and this is how i approached it so like yeah in that scenario i was the per i was the surgeon who was there for the money not to like save lives yeah yeah but right regardless whether that surgeon is there to save lives or to make money the person making money is still saving lives that is also true yeah that is extremely true yeah and and i think that's where it comes down to like what was what were the respective goals but i would also say that the person who did it to save lives i would be willing to bet all of the money that I have to my name is a happier person. Absolutely. So yeah, that's, that is probably uh, like a good piece of self-reflection that you could, you could attempt to have is, is spending some time with that thought and yeah. like for what it's worth to, to the listening people at home, I like, this is like one of those things where it's like, I think I can recognize the need to ask the question, but I don't have an answer to the question Mm -hmm. and i think that that is probably something that like just frustrates me on such a fundamental level (laughs) that's interesting because like a lot of you do you always find these like very interesting like um like well like textbook names for like the different things you've thought about and it's like oh there is a name for that like i found like a wondering for it yeah or like a whatever it is and it's like it was interesting reading through like the yeah the, the hedonic adaptation um like notes there like oh this is like what people do it's like a treadmill they want this and then they return to here and like they you know it's like you wonder like why aren't i ever happier even though i get the things i want why do i always like sort of turn? it's like i was reading it and it was like oh it's cool that there's a name for this but like also like it just feels like innate to me like i was reading it, i was like yeah like oh it's cool someone put words to this but like it just feels known to me like this is of course this is how it is Oh, interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. I, I I, like, I think that when I think that that's, I I can sort of agree with it. Like to the tune of like when I read it, it almost felt like, yes, these, these are the words I couldn't articulate, but yeah, it's like someone has articulated it. Right. But, but yeah, I think it's fair to say like that. This is something you've known, but I think sometimes it is that knowledge of yeah. how to say the words yeah. that can quite literally make the difference between. I think being aware of it, yes, does help. Yeah, like yeah. like it's the comprehension mm-hmm. of what is actually happening that can give you some measure of control. So anyway, that's a thinker. I'd be very curious to know, uh, listeners at home, which of these two between the hedonic and eudaimonic. Uh, styles of uh, of approach to life which one might you fall in or have you been able to overcome the hedonic lifestyle um otherwise i'm i'm actually signing off for reasons that have little to do with how much i have to say okay (laughs) and a lot to do with the fact that our memory card is flashing at us yeah (laughs) (laughs) whoops this is a first um but guys thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of the pop if you have any feedback you would like to send our way you can send that over to popcorn culture pod at g gmail.com otherwise we're also on reddit or if you would like to support us you can do so at patreon.com slash popcorn culture otherwise until next time pop pop